0: Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty five days a year.
1: This is the Pack a Day Podcast.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Packaday Podcast, your one-stop, 365-day shop for all Packers news and analysis. My name is Mike Wetland alongside with me, Tyler Grezegorik, and now that we have had a day to process and think about what has been going on with the Packers and the Seahawks game that happened on Thursday night, we have some takeaways of our own analysis, but Tyler, I'm going to turn to you first. What's the biggest thing that's been kind of uh, hitting you so far Well, when looking back?
1: Yeah, so hard to pinpoint exactly what was so frustrating about yesterday's game and you know I like many other Packers fans and writers and just people who follow the team in general was very just I was angry and I was frustrated and I, I took the day to reflect and I honestly don't know what was leading me to be so angry and I I kind of settled upon the concept of it's just the little things and it's the consistent failures from week to week. This team has been putting themselves in positions to win games this year. I think it was Andy who tweeted out something about how this team could either be 9-2 and two or 2-9 two and nine just based off of the games that they've played and the ways that they've won or lost games. And I think that's what has kind of boiled over if you will over these last few weeks is just the disappointing losses when honestly the the team is just not living up to the expectations that we have of them and it's not because the talent isn't there it's because of simple mindless mistakes
0: yeah mistakes is the biggest thing and it's I personally think it's a combination of players and coaches. I think it's an all-around thing. And before we started recording, we, I was talking about the one thing I want to talk on is the, there's obviously a trust issue. Obviously, the big one is between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. That's obviously something Something is wrong there right now. It's just as much as each one wants to say that the other one's a big part of the game planning or about the offense, and Aaron's got a big input. Something's not clicking right now in 2018, and it's something off, and it's just – I don't know if it's, it's repairable. So, and that means that McCarthy is probably going to be gone at the end of the year. Uh, I wish him the best. I hope he can find a spot because I think he's a very good coach, but after 13 years, obviously something is broken there. But even moving past that, there's also a disconnect between the offensive linemen at times and Rodgers and his, and his young receivers and also the special teams units and communications. It may be in the, between the linebacking court and the secondary at times. And it's just, there's just the trust and connection between this these players is just not there compared to what we've seen in the past, going back the past decade and a half. And it's it's it, it, you're right. It's frustrating. It's it's angering. It's something that really drives you crazy as a Packer fan because we haven't seen this kind of these issues for all these years compared to some other teams. So we're not used to it. You don't you don't see it coming, and then it blindsides you a little bit, and you just and you react. And I think a lot of what we saw last night in over social media and over radio airwaves and TV airwaves is a lot of people who didn't expect this and they didn't they didn't see it coming. And so when it does hit, it hits a little harder than what you originally think it's going to, and it feels very personal.
1: Well, the most frustrating thing about, I'm going to say, the 2018 season right now, I think it was epitomized in that third down play to... Marquez Veldez Scantling on the outside. He ran his little out route. He was open. And Rogers skips the ball to him. And then the ensuing play for McCarthy to punt it with one timeout, his battered up defense. The defense hasn't really gotten a legitimate stop in the second half. Like they've been They've been struggling in the second half, and rightfully so. You know, they were pretty beat up and just overall fatigued. And I just look at the, those two plays specifically, and that really is the epitome of the Packers season. Rodgers has been off all year. I tweeted out in the first quarter after that Tanya touchdown that Rodgers might have his swagger back. You know, they were in that first quarter. That was the Packers of old. They were changing the pace. Rodgers was manipulating the defense to his control. It was impressive. Like I, I was legitimately excited for the rest of the season after the first quarter. And they were getting Aaron Jones involved, and all of that stopped in the second half, and I don't know why. And I think that's why a lot of the blame gets pushed onto McCarthy, is because he needs to be the one to, to recognize that and say, Aaron, look what's going on out there, you know, we need to keep this up, and we need to find out ways to make, make this keep happening. And Rodgers was off. You know, he had a couple big plays that he underthrew to Adams that nobody's really talking about. He had a couple other plays where he just had general disconnect with his receivers. I think that also ties into the fact that he's playing with guys he's never really played with before and his rookie receivers and his tight ends. You know, I think this is a product of poor coaching. And the reason is McCarthy's job is to get these guys on the same page. They had an entire offseason for the most part to do that, and it's just incredibly frustrating to see the little mistakes show their ugly heads, if you will, in a game, and I think that's, you know, I'm not trying to be like so somber and just sad, but it's, it really is, it's really sad because this team has the talent to be really, really good and be one of the top three or four teams in the entire National Football League, and they're just underperforming so much.
0: No, I agree, and I think a lot of it is two personalities clashing. Finally, after fifteen years of surviving somewhat harmoniously, and I think um, McCarthy's kind of Jekyll and Hyde. He can be equal parts over aggressive and at times too conservative, and at different times in the same game. And we saw that on Thursday. Compared to when you see taking shots, taking doing some creative things with Aaron Jones and doing and getting and Tanya on the field and taking shots to Adams and trusting his guys there. But then you see him kind of peel back in the second half a lot and go away from the run and then punting after seeing Aaron skip one in. And it's just I, something, something is, I think, finally broken. And, and I think you're, you're absolutely right with that. And just something, and something it is really frustrating, really nerve wracking. And just seeing, seeing the, the constant mistakes, like you said, is just really, really it's, it's numbing at this point. Almost
1: it's, it's the same thing. Week in, week out, you know, I'm grateful for what McCarthy has done for this franchise. He's, you know, I tried to go into pro reference. I was all angry. I was going to go look at his win percentages. And he's been a very consistent winning coach. He's 66. Over 700. 66%, I think, is what I actually calculated. Yeah, so, yeah. but that's still, that's two out of every three games. That's almost unheard of in the NFL. And nobody is denying that he hasn't provided this team with a certain... You know, a panache, a certain swagger over the years. I mean, teams hate the Packers because they keep winning. Fans hate the Packers who aren't Packer fans. They hate the Packers because they keep winning. You know, that's something to be proud of and hang your hat on. But something's just broken. I don't know if he's scared. I don't know if he is antiquated. I don't know if Rogers is... Like you said, butting heads with him. He doesn't like the play calls coming in from the sidelines, so he's trying to, you know, ad-lib out there. I don't know what's going on. But to me, McCarthy has lost control of this team, and he needs to be held accountable. I'm very grateful for what he's done, but it's just just kind of the way it is right now. There needs to be a change of scenery, and I think it starts with him.
0: Yeah, I think... Like I'm not going to advocate for the fire McCarthy crowd. I'm not going to try and stoke the fires of 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 the the Twitter mob that's going on right now, but I do think that he, I think he's going to uh, actually resign after the end of the season. I think he's going to announce a resignation to avoid the the PR potentially of a team firing him. Of of for Brian Kudelke and Spring Murphy to say that they just fired uh, one of the most successful coaches ever. I think he's going to step down. I think he I think he understands this problems as well. I just think at this point he knows that they're almost beyond repair with with, with over half a season gone, and it's it's it is sad. I think I do I do think they're going to bring in a new mind in it that'll help a lot. As long as they can rein in Aaron and I'll tell him that it's okay to take a check down pass, it's okay to throw a screen, it's okay to f- use your running backs in the passing game too, besides just handing the ball off. But uh, going on to an earlier point you made about those two plays at the end of the games, uh, really solidifying things. There's two other plays that really uh, got to me as well. One was the the big hubbub over the third down the drive before where he Aaron completely missed other Aaron in the flat. Uh, I know the, I don't know what the progressions are whether he didn't even look over there or see him at all, but when you ha- when you know you have that one guy out there in the flat you I think you need to make that throw instead of taking a sack and the other one would be the overturned catch play with more that is ba- that was bafflingly changed. And may and and kept a drive going and let Seattle get back to within one point, where they would let him later take the lead on their very next drive after that. And a play like that completely changes momentum. It's it stops the game for one thing for the long review. So the defense is losing the momentum that they were getting on that drive. Seattle gets new life. They can drive down and go get a field goal, and it just really flipped everything and may have flipped a season around.
1: Yeah, I, you know, in regards to Aaron not using his check downs. He tries to escape the pocket way too much, and you know what? I think Aaron's lost a step, whether it's due to the knee injury, whether it's due to age. I think it's finally slapping him in the face that he can't play the way he's played for the first 10 years of his career. You know, He's going to have to adapt, and that's going to be on him moving forward. I don't know if we'll see it this year. And I don't know if McCarthy is too scared to say anything to him, or if Aaron Rodgers just doesn't respect McCarthy enough to listen to him. But somebody needs to get in Rodgers' ear and say, "Hey, man, like you just can't escape the pocket like you used to. You're gonna have to throw from the pocket. You're gonna have to. You can't make the big play every time anymore. You know. I I think that that is the epiphany that Rodgers needs to have. It. Don't get me wrong. He's still one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time." the arguably the most talented quarterback of all time but he just needs to kind of get out of his own way right now and realize that hey man you got teammates you got to use them the the scheme is there the scheme is there at times and you're 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 missing it so I think that 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 epiphany needs to happen before this team gets any better
0: I agree and I hope it happens in the next 10 days especially but that kind of goes back to the rift between the two obviously where uh, Zach, Zach Jacobson, one of our other contributors, made a great point on Twitter earlier on on Friday of saying, no, ma- no matter what you may think of him as a coach, Mike McCarthy always has his guys back and he always defends them publicly. Uh, he's always been a guy who he – he'll address things behind closed doors, but he will not throw a guy under the bus in the media. He doesn't do it. That's never been in his nature. He's never had that problem. Whereas you compare that early this year, you kind of saw some backhanded moves by QB1 on him, and I wonder if that's – Maybe an issue now that McCarthy is getting fed up with being getting backhanded, complimented all the time and to the point where a lot of passive aggressiveness is starting to seep in and it's starting to cause resentment and anger and just over frustration to the point where it's going to lead to a break in this team. And it may have already happened,
1: you know, and I'm going to lean towards I think it has. uh, I think this team once again finishes about 500 this year. Uh, They're going to get about eight wins, you know, whatever. I don't know, you know, what is wrong with this team. I know that McCarthy, he can manage his players. He's done it for years. But it's kind of funny how the last couple years he started to have these locker room guys who are causing problems, and that's when things really started to break down. And, you know, because the Mike McCarthy firing discussion really started a couple years ago. Uh, and then it really kind of picked up last year, and now this year it's obviously in full force. But it's just kind of funny when you look at those the sequence of events and, you know, these locker room problems that the Packers have never had before. Now they're rearing their ugly head, and now the Packers are all of a sudden a dysfunctional football team, you know, sometimes you just got to keep it simple you know you look at the the correlation and i understand that there's probably other factors involved but i i don't think that that it's any coincidence that we're finally seeing players speak out about mccarthy regardless of who it is and um i don't i just don't know what the next step is other than you have to kind of look at the cause of the entire situation
0: no and i i think you're right i think I don't know if he's a cause, but he's definitely an effect right now. And it's, 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 it's a, it's, it's, there's going to be a change there. It's almost certain now there's going to be a change. Uh, So he'll go from the third longest tenure coach in the, in the league currently behind shockingly Marvin Lewis and Bill Belichick to uh, maybe another head coach next year, or maybe he ends up retiring. He's been doing this job for quite a while, but we'll see. But you're right. Something uh, there's going to be a new look Packers next year, whether it's coaching staff, turnover, or a combination of the two. There's going to be a lot of new things in 2019, but there is still a lot of game left, a lot of season left in 2018. There's still, there's still a chance to make a run. It's not over yet. I'm not going to write an an obituary for the season just yet. However, Thursday night did hurt by a combination of some coaching missteps, some playing missteps, uh, and then also some officiating missteps where it seems like the Packers can never get a single call anymore this year. And that is Yelling, I was yelling to my family a lot last night that this was getting frustrating that every controversial play goes against them. Whether it's a replay getting sent down late like in Lockett's catch or the bobbled catch by Moore or Devontae Adams getting punched in the face yeah, and we not talk getting a call, it's bad The it's
1: inaccessibility of the replay at the Seattle Stadium for a second because I didn't realize this until McCarthy said it in his presser today, but apparently it's harder to get a replay there like a clear shot of a replay than it is in other NFL stadiums. And that to me is just not acceptable. You know, I don't, I don't see how teams coming in there should get a disadvantage because the Seahawks don't want to supply whatever is needed to make that, you know, make that available to the opposing teams. And I'm not saying that they're doing this on purpose, but you know, I honestly looked at the play and I was like, "That's chall it's challengeable," but i I could see why McCarthy didn't. And this is referencing the locket catch. But I honestly believe if he had seen a replay or if his guys upstairs had seen the replay, they would have challenged that play, and that could have changed the outcome of this game, thus changing the outcome of this season and not causing the Packers to have to go uh, 6-0 and to just have a shot at making the playoffs in 2018. And granted, there's a whole 16-game season, and this is a, one, a one-game situation, but I-, I saw that today, and it really kind of irked me even more, and I... I- I know that Seattle's not in our division, but I definitely hate them more than any other team in our division. So I just – I don't ever want to go back to Seattle. They can they can just destroy that stadium for all I care.
0: <laughs> well, I'll cheer for Detroit over Seattle, but the other two, they can fend for themselves and they can slowly uh, wither away and die. But when it comes like that, I think the NFL's got to work toward – the one thing college football does right, I think, is a lot of ways the replay system, whereas they have an official in the booth who can buzz down the ref to say, we need to look at it. And then they'll look at it from a neutral site. Whereas here it's discretion of the home team controlling media or or video or the coaches, maybe not getting a play in time or communication issues where I know like in new England, they had problems with the headsets a few years ago. There's too many moving parts now in the NFL for the replay system. There needs to be something centralized, something there. And you need to, and they, and, they, and uh, Packers.com made a good point today about it as well in their insider inbox of it's now gone from in years past they put a lot of preference on the, rule, on the ruling on the field to the point where they look to see if there's anything that could overturn that where now is they're looking to do the opposite almost where if you look at their like, like other plays where a pass is incomplete they look for everything they can to prove that it's an incomplete pass. Last night they slowed it down as much as they could to prove that he had caught it. And having that flip has really kind of changed things all around the NFL. And it's a very slippery slope that coaches are going to lose their jobs because of it. Players are going to lose their jobs because of it. And fans are going to slowly turn away because of it.
1: I, you know, the league is always changing. The league always has things that they need to work on. And I think that they can just add this to the laundry list of things to fix for 2019. And, you know, as far as 2019, I know we're not there yet. The Packers' season is not over. Uh, obviously, they need another, even more historic run to make the playoffs this year, um, and I think they can do it. Uh, you know, they've, they've got the right opponents to do it, and they're through the toughest stretch of their schedule, well, almost through the toughest stretch of their schedule. But you know, in 2019, there's a lot to be excited about, especially if the Packers do decide to move on from McCarthy, because Gutekunst has been, he's been wheeling and dealing, he's been stacking up. You know, he's got a plan. I expect him to go heavy on the defense again in the draft, maybe draft an offensive lineman, but I I think that there's a lot of reason to be excited for this team moving forward as frustrating as frustrating as it is to be in the current um whoever comes in to replace McCarthy, obviously he's going to be a, a bright mind. You know, I've saw I've seen mention of Bruce Arians who I would not be opposed to, but you would have to bring in a counterpart to him to immediately take over in three, four, five years, however long Arians can handle it. I know he retired in Arizona due to health concerns, so we'll see if if that even surfaces anywhere. But whoever comes into Green Bay, obviously, is going to be a bright mind, and just kind of seeing Gudekunst and what he's done in his one year as the general manager— I have a feeling it's going to be a young gun, a bright young gun who's going to come in and kind of not necessarily be flashy, but it's going to be the move that we want. You know, it's going to be the move that Packers fans are clamoring for. Maybe not, maybe not the really popular one, but it's going to give the Packers fans what they're looking for in, you know, as I've mentioned now a few times, the bright young mind, somebody to come in and just kind of be creative and this team needs a new creative leader, like McCarthy was when he came in in 06. And yeah, sorry for the rant. No, you're right for cutting me off. I was probably going off for a while. So, but I just I'm I'm excited for the team moving forward, as frustrating as frustrating as it is to be in the current. That's that's basically my point.
0: No, I agree. And if they do move on to find a new coach, as long as that name is not Josh McDaniels, I'll be pretty content with it because I would not touch I would not touch him with a radioactive pole. Uh.
1: Yeah, you know. I'm on the fence about him. Obviously, I'm not a fan of what he did in Indianapolis, but that offense in Indianapolis—I'm sorry, in New England—has been successful for years now, and I don't believe it's been primarily Bill Belichick. I've been, I believe it's been primarily Josh, uh, Josh McDaniel's and Charlie Weiss. That too, but I mean, McDaniels has been running the offense for how many years now? Charlie Weiss hasn't been relevant in football for how many years? So I, I'm looking at you know Josh McDaniel's and. If he gives the commitment to the team, I see no reason why, you know, obviously get get the commitment and get him in the building and get him started because <laughs> we saw what he did to Indianapolis, but I see no reason why that would be a bad hire. I I, I think he's got experience under his belt as a failure. I think he's learned from, that, from those mistakes. Um, I don't know what was promised him in New England to reel him back in from Indy, but He might not even leave New England. So it's all speculation, and I think that the the picture will become clear if the Packers move on from McCarthy this offseason. I don't think it'll be during the regular season, and who the candidates are to replace him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just briefly, my final thought on McDaniels was, even more than Indy, I saw what happened in Denver as far as him alienating their franchise quarterback, too, with, with the whole Jay Cutler thing that happened over there. And that makes me nervous as well. But that's... In the future, that's still a couple months away. We won't know what will happen yet. There's still six games left. And so as we start to wind things down, we have do have a quick news update for you guys. Um, obviously, Jimmy Graham left the game Thursday night with an injury. It was uh, revealed that he he did break his thumb. And there's a good chance, I think it's four to six weeks, I've heard, potentially now, for that to recover, especially as a tight end. So that's, despite what people are, have been saying, and I know a lot of uh, beat writers have been, a couple of them have been really uh, bashing the grand signing, saying cause saying that he's not what he was, that he's that he's too slow. He's basically he was basically an overpay and he was a waste of a signing. He was still a an important part of the offense as, as far as drawing coverage away from other receivers and just kind of being that looming threat that you know he had. And without him there, that's going to be a lot more snaps for Kendricks and Lewis as with the starters, and there'll be more for Tanyan as well. But that's a big loss.
1: I think we see Tanyan actually as the primary benefactor of this injury. Um, you know, I (laughs) I made a comment today on Twitter that watching that video when I when I first saw the play of the Tanyan touchdown, I thought it was Jimmy Graham. Because I didn't realize he was injured at this point. I think it was at the towards the end of the first quarter. And I didn't realize he was injured or he wasn't in the game or whatever. And I thought it was Jimmy Graham. And I was like, oh wow, finally. And then I saw it was Tanya and I was like, oh my God, he burned that corner. And I, I think that he could be the primary benefactor. I think he could take over that Jimmy Graham role. Um, I, I I believe we saw comparisons of Tanyan to Graham in the preseason. I can't remember who was making those comparisons. It was probably uh, it was probably Andy Herman or uh, whoever else was high on Tanyan. But the point is, I think that he can really step into that role. And you know what? What do you have to lose? See what you have in him? Jimmy Graham's deal was essentially a one-year deal with an option for the second year. Why not? You know, why not see what you have in Tanyan? That way you don't have to spend a high draft pick on a tight end, even though this upcoming tight end class is absolutely stacked. I, yeah, I I think they should see what they have in Tanyan. I think that that would be smart of McCarthy and Rodgers and Gutekunst to do.
0: I do too, and I think, I think they will, because he does, he did look like a young Graham on that catch. He really did. He also had, he also has also had some interesting special teams moves as well. But I, I yeah, it's but either way that's I think it's still a big game planning loss for Jimmy Graham. But the the, the silver lining is being able to see a little bit more of Big Bob Tanyan and maybe even some more Mercedes Lewis in the past game too because that play against Miami was a was a really nice wrinkle to see and if they can get him on the field more, I think I wouldn't complain too much either. But either way, we've now had some time to think about it. It's a tough loss to Seattle, but it's not a season ender. There's no there's no way to Need a reason to shut everything down. Don't tank for the pick. This is not John Gruden's Raiders. This is still the Green Bay Packers. They still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have Devontae Adams, who is still a top-five receiver. And there's so much to still be looking forward to. There's still three division games left. So, folks, folks, keep the faith. Uh, keep enjoying. Keep watching the team. Look at a glass half-full. Half it's, it's There's still a lot of things that can go right for this team, and there's still a lot of things that can go wrong. But... Just look look at the bright sides. Look at the silver linings. That's my biggest recommendation. But don't forget, folks, as well, to find whether it's positive, negative, neutral. You can always find it here on the Packet Day Podcast. Again, Mike Welland here with Tyler Grezegorik. So, Tyler, where can people find you, and what are you writing on?
1: As always, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez. Uh, my writings are on NFL Analysis Network. They're on the Lombardi Lounge through Fansided. I haven't been writing a lot lately. Uh, I'm trying to finish some things up with school here, but – Come the second week of December, you're probably going to see a lot of content from me. So, especially because uh, I actually just got a little, uh, you know, self uh, horn toot here, but I got a promotion over at the NFL Analysis Network. So, you'll definitely be seeing a lot more content from me over there. Uh, Probably one or two or more articles a week. So, be on the lookout for that.
0: There you go. Congratulations, Tyler. Well done.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Uh, and, of course, you can find me at Mike Wenland on Twitter. Uh, I'll be doing a lot more recently as well now that my broadcast season has slowly winded down with high school football. Finally wrapping up officially today here in Wisconsin. The final games were finally done down in Camp Randall, so I'm done with that now after broadcasting a game yesterday. But you can find me. I'll be writing for Packers Talk more and uh, some uh, Dairyland Express, uh, one-stop shop for all Wisconsin writings. I'll be. I'm actually working on a hockey article right now. But I'll be getting back to football again very, very shortly. And, of course, follow all of our great team. You, know, you can find links to all of our stuff at the Packaday Podcast Twitter handle, again, at Packaday Podcast. Uh, they they do a great job of retweeting all of our, our writings and our thoughts as well, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, every day, keep listening. We, are, we always appreciate it and we're always thankful for you guys to keep enjoying the content we provide. And, of course, as always, go Pack, go. Six seconds to go. Ball just outside the four. Roger's shotgun looks to his right snap to a throws right side, yes! touchdown, and a dagger, the dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side, Aaron pointing to the right now, gets the snap, looking, throws left side of the end zone, leaping right at yes! the back, to yes, touchdown, Green Bay, a spectacular throw to the left side of the end zone! Rodgers from the 42 New York, fourth down and two. Snap A-Rod. Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now, winds up, rainbows, into the end zone, it is caught! the end zone, Randall Cobb. Touchdown, Green Bay!